0: This production was originally recorded as a video podcast. To access the full video along with show notes, visit orosplaybook.com. Welcome to the Oros Playbook, a podcast series designed to educate organizations on how to utilize Oros in a way that helps them become more knowledge-aware. Knowledge-aware is the new approach that transforms the way knowledge is captured, shared, and reused. On today's cast, Implementing Knowledge Aware Part Three, Project Closure and Transition to Production. So Jeff, this is the third part of our Implementing Knowledge Aware series. The learning points have been the same throughout the first two, and they will continue to be the same here in the third part. So our learning points for this particular cast are going to be start small. We've talked about that quite a bit in the first two casts, but we want to right-size our project. Once we understand what we're doing, we're going to prepare. We're gonna execute based on that preparation. So our next two learning points are prepare and execute. After the execution, we're gonna measure. So we wanna measure what we just did, understand what was good, what was bad about it. And then based on that measurement and the feedback associated with the measurement, we're gonna adapt. So our fifth learning point is adapt. Based on what we learn, we wanna adapt, make some changes so that we can continue to improve. And then the sixth learning point for The entire series is iterate. So once we prepare, execute, measure, and adapt, we then want to go back through that process. We're going to prepare, execute, measure, and adapt. We're going to iterate so that we continuously learn, which is one of the fundamental ideas behind Knowledge Aware.
1: Sounds really good, Josh. Why don't you uh, recap a little bit about uh, the first two casts in this series and orient us going into this one, uh, which is transition to production.
0: Yeah. So we have a seven step process, which we've talked about in the other cast as well. It starts with educating people. We we call that a briefing. So the knowledge aware briefing, what is the concept? How does it work? And then once you get through that briefing and people decide they want to do a project, um, we start off with project selection and scoping. So we want to right size the project, like I said, um, understand how we're going to start, where it's going to grow from there. We then go into what was part two, which is we do our initial configuration and we pilot the process. So we get some fresh eyes to look at what we're doing. And then once we've got that done, we then want to close the project out and we want to transition it into production. So that's the life cycle of an individual project. At the end of one project, what we typically see is additional projects start to come on board. We call those adjacent developments. Demand-driven growth is then produced when multiple projects have been completed and people within the organization start to see a lot of the value for or from an oral's perspective. Once we get demand-driven growth, we continue to do more seed projects, it continues to organically grow, and we eventually get to enterprise capability. So part three is gonna be the closure of the project and then transition into production.
1: Right, so the enterprise capability being the end game here, um, and many of our pr- prospective customers ask us, well how do you how do you smart s- start small and get to this grand vision? And uh, I think you just did a great job of taking everybody through how that happens. We've had a lot of customers do this, achieve this. It works really well and it, and it makes it um, an easy process that produces a capability more than which is more than just a point solution.
0: Right. So why don't we jump into the details of this particular cast itself, and we'll go through um, an overview of what we're going to cover, and then we'll dive into the details in those different areas. So on today's cast, we have three main sections, and we'll have learning points that kind of stretch across all of them, our learning points that we just talked about. But those three main areas of this cast are going to be the charter review. So if you remember, in part one, we go through scoping the project out, and part of that scoping is creating a charter here are the business problems that we have, here are the ways that we're gonna solve them, and this is what we want to accomplish. So we want to review that charter in order to close the project out. We also then have to plan for production. Once we go through the planning process, understand the different things that need to happen, we then roll out to production. So rolling out to production is gonna be the execution of that plan.
1: All right, Josh, that sounds really good. Why don't we dive in now and talk about uh, the charter review?
0: Okay. So from the first cast, like I said, we talked about producing a charter. One of the six components of the charter is our objective statement. So that objective statement is going to contain a list of items that we're saying at the end of the project are going to be complete or going to be accomplished. So what we want to do when we review the charter is we want to go back and we want to one by one go through those items to make sure that what we said we were going to do at the beginning of the 15 weeks we actually do. So what we do, the way we do this is we talk with the group, we sit down and we go through those different objectives one by one if they've been comp- accomplished, that's great. Uh, if there are open items or maybe scope changed and we decided not to do some things, you know we simply want to note that down, communicate it so that we're ready to talk to the sponsor about it and then we want to proceed if there are any open items where we haven't completed these things then obviously we'll put action plans in place to complete those objectives
1: so josh this, one of the things about this particular step of reviewing the objective statement uh when i think when people hear it their first reaction is well duh of course but i think it's one of those process steps in the process when there's many of these where it's often overlooked and um, I, I think you and I both know from experience that this is an important step, and there's a lot that is learned and understood by going back and remembering with in detail what was expected of the project and comparing it to the current state.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we oftentimes will see and this isn't you know for malicious reasons or anything like that, but we'll create a charter and then we get caught up in the activity of the actual project and almost forget that it, that it even exists. So at the end of it, when we're going to present to the sponsors or stakeholders, we absolutely want to make sure that, you know, the things that we told them we were going to do, we either have reasons for not doing, or we have done. Right on. So once we review the charter, like I said, we go through another session where we talk to the sponsor. We say, hey, here's how, here's what we've done. Here's how we've done it. Sign off generally happens after that. And we step into the next area of the life cycle, which is planning for production. So from a production planning standpoint, there's really three components of the plan. The first one is going to be workflow administration. What we mean by that is as the workflow is used by people and changes need to be made. A lot of times these changes can happen quickly. Maybe today we need a change tomorrow. We need three changes. Then we go a week without a change who's going to be the responsible person who is going to maintain the process and maintain the workflow so that's what workflow administration is in addition to that we need to understand what our production support plan is so from a production support plan perspective what we're talking about is if somebody has feedback or if somebody needs assistance on how to execute the workflow what are the mechanisms that they're going to use in order to provide that feedback or in order to obtain the information on how to use the workflow. And then the third component of production planning, which is the most obvious one, and it's probably the most important one, is the actual rollout plan. So what key events do we have and what are the timing milestones associated with those key events?
1: All right, Josh. So I think you've done a great job of laying it out theoretically. And most people who have rolled out bigger projects are probably familiar with these types of steps, right? So, we got, we compared ourselves to the charter. Our management said, yep, you you got what you did, what you said you were going to do. We do want to go to production. You're green lighted. Now we're going to do these three things that you mentioned, right? And have a plan. Good idea. So, what does that plan really look like? Theoretically, you describe it. Um, I know that we use a variety of tools. I mean, is it okay if if a group just lists these? Tass down under these three category headings uh, to make sure that they're covered? Is is that okay?
0: Yeah, it's going to vary, obviously, from organization to organization. I think the important part is that you define what the events are. So some examples of what these events might be. The first thing we're going to need to do is when do we want this thing to go live? So in order to have a plan, you need to be able to drive towards some sort of a date So when do we want everyone to be using this workflow in OROS or in a knowledge-aware way? And then based on that date, we kind of work the plan backwards. So the first thing and the most important thing is our go live date. When When are we going live to production so that everyone is using it from that point on? Then once we know what that date is, we start to work things in like training We start to work things in like any configurations that need to be made based on things we've learned or expansion maybe we need user accounts added to the system maybe we need certain permissions granted to certain users that don't have them now those kinds of things would all be in the plan but from a training perspective if we go back to our learning points we want to start small So with any type of change, and when you implement a system like Oros, you are making a change. Even if it's a subtle one, there is a change coming. You want to start small and communicate that out to people. So when you start small, you're going to be able to gather feedback from that group that you trained, which is the measurement part, right? So you prepare, you start small, prepare your training, you execute your training, you measure it, gather feedback from the people that were in the training, and then you adapt. So based on the things you learn with the first small group, you would then expand into other areas throughout the organization until everyone is trained.
1: So, so Josh, there's probably some PM project managers out there that are steeped in the traditional waterfall methodology where the plans have to be airtight and we're actually suggesting something very different than this rigorous you know, work structure, breakdown, project plan with milestones tied and critical path analysis done, resource leveling and balancing. We're saying no, don't waste all your time on all that, those things that are going to change. Get small units of work done in the traditional, in the agile sense of uh, lim- limiting work in progress and, and iterate, measure, uh, and adapt. Um, but But that doesn't Get uh, alleviate the entire need for planning, right? We need to understand, we need to take care of who's going to own the process, who's going to get the feedback from the process, and what are the key dates so we can communicate to the broader organization, if I've summarized correctly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there's a balance between the two. We don't need to define every single thing that's going to be done because it's very difficult to predict those things, right? When you start to do it, it's almost like analysis by paralysis or whatever that's saying. Yeah. So... We want to understand it so that we can communicate things but we don't necessarily want to be so rigid that we can't adapt
1: now when we do these processes we use orals to actually create plans we use issues and we could use assessments and things like that but it's okay for you know someone who's running a seed project or an implementation of a workflow in orals but as long as they're tracking these tasks and communicating these tasks uh, it'll, 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 it'll decrease the overall effort required to get the, get the new process in production.
0: Correct. Yep.
1: All right. So we got the production planning phase, uh, talked about and discussed next is going to production.
0: Right. So the third part of this cast is production rollout. So what do we do in production rollout? Well, we simply execute the plan. So, right? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. There's not a ton to talk about here because we're just executing what we put together. I think one of the things that I'm a big sports fan and a lot of the great athletes that you'll see over time are kind of known as like jerks when it comes to practice, right? Their teammates don't like them in practice because they're really mean. And they'll say, you know, they're, they're more overbearing in practice than they are in the game. And the idea behind that is if you prepare well enough when you start to go out and actually execute or play in the game in this particular analogy, it's gonna come natural to you and the things that you need to do are not gonna catch you off guard. So for this one, if you prepare properly, executing the plan is just your ability to kind of adapt to the things that happen and hopefully it'll come natural.
1: Yeah, and and and, and use the oros's ability to adapt to solve problems as they come, right? Exactly. So, And, and let me take that one step further if you don't mind. So we're talking about this as a start and finished kind of process, but you and I know that the, the ideal associated with, uh, with Knowledge Aware and Oros is a solution for this Knowledge Aware concept is that it's a continuous process of refinement, right? It's, it's you know, it fits very much in the Kaizen kind of ideas. And what we're saying is that any workflow that you put into production is never finished. There's, a, there's an environment out there that's changing. There's people that are changing their needs, external and internal requirements are changing. And if you do this right, the people in place will have the tools and the desire and um, the knowledge to be able to adapt the process continuously. And things will get better over time, more more focused and tuned to getting a job done than the opposite. And a typical waterfall process where everything was planned out in advance and and then executed but no adaptive cap- capabilities put into the process and then it, it, as things change that process becomes less and less tuned to the actual work to be done so i, I think josh you have a fr- front row seat seeing the success of of oral's customers where teams have produced this capability of adapting continuously so we may be in production transition, but reality, that's an ever an ongoing process.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence, right. That our learning points, the last two of them are adapt and iterate because it's something that continuously happens. We want to adapt based on the changing business needs. Again, Oros is built. That's one of the fundamental principles on how we've designed the software. We want to adapt based on the changing business needs. And it's an iterative process. This continues to happen over and over and over. It's not something that happens once and then you're done.
1: Right. And I'll, I'll say this um, as someone who's been with Oral Systems for a long time. And we're a small company. We have cust- very big customers, you know, a little brag sheet there. But we do. We've got big customers that come back for more and more of our software and services every year. Um, we're growing. And at, one of the fundamental reasons is, is that our tool can onboard new processes and, 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 and have successful solutions uh, without that much effort. Uh, I mean, we just had three casts to show how it's done. It may sound like a lot of effort, but I, we've just seen it grow um, in these bottom-up adaptive ways and stay uh, in sync with the, need, the changing needs of a company. It, it, it's a fundamental reason why Oral Knowledge System exists today and it's as successful as we are. It's this bottom-up adaptive kind of mindset.
0: Yeah. So to recap this particular cast, our learning points, again, start small, prepare, execute, measure, adapt, and iterate. We've kind of talked to them almost at nauseum to this point, so I won't go into what that is. <laughs> but this finishes the the series, the Implementing Knowledge Aware series. So we've talked about the briefing. We have a cast on that. This three-part series is going to go through scoping or right-sizing your project, then executing the project, closing it out, and transitioning it into production. And like we said, the next three steps kind of in our maturity model, our life cycle of your implementation is adjacent developments, which is what we just talked about, the first four steps in our seven-step process, just done over and over. As you do that, you start to then... Instead of having to sell the concept or communicate the concept out, people start coming to us and say, hey, we want to do this. And at that point in time, it's only um, a few projects before we've, we've reached enterprise capability. And that's ultimately what we're shooting for.
1: Sounds really good, Josh. Thank you for taking us through.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Oral's Playbook. For more information, visit our website, oroscast.com. Additional casts can be found on the resources page. And as always, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.